Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. What's going on, guys? It's the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, fellas, here with you. Uh, and uh, it is the it is October 27, 2023, which means that it is 11 years since that last play that you just saw right there in the intro. 11 years since Giovanni Bernard took the punt return back against NC State to pull out, uh, not, not I wouldn't say an, un, an improbable victory because Carolina – uh, came, you know, was, was leading that game by a pretty significant margin, actually led NC State back into the game and then had to have that play to win it. But really one of the most improbable moments in uh, Tar Heel football history for a guy that was not a full-time punt returner. Carolina used him just in special scenarios. They put him out there for that one, and he returns the kick and uh, solidifies what might be the most iconic moment in Tar Heel football history. Um, I know it's been 11 years. Uh, just real quick, you know, what are some of your memories of that game? Unfortunately, um, that was before we were old enough. I mean, we were still, what, saw sophomores in high school? So we weren't really able to drive up to Chapel Hill and go to games on our own. Um, so that, well, unfortunately neither one of us were at that game, but, uh, we can, I, I can only imagine what it would have been like to be there. Cause I was freaking out at my house watching that game. Yeah. I mean, it was Giovanni Bernard saving Larry Fedora's butt because Carolina blew a, a 21 to three lead in that game. And it was a game that had no business being, um, that close, but it, it got that close and Giovanni Bernard made a play that 
really ushered in the era of Jones Angel being the voice of the team. Um, that was his first real significant call as the play-by-play voice of Carolina Athletics. And um, it's one that whenever we look back on the history of the rivalry, you know, while it hasn't been a lot of fond moments recently because State's kind of gotten the better of the Tar Heels on the gridiron, we still have that moment, and uh, it's one that'll that'll live on forever. And hopefully uh, we get to make some more fun memories like that starting this weekend against Georgia Tech. Yeah, that is the hope. And, uh, look, I mean, Georgia Tech, it's going to be an extremely tough task uh, considering that there are a lot of different things that are going against Carolina coming into this game. Um, of course, the Tar Heels are looking to bounce back this year from the horrendous loss to Virginia. And that's the thing that I, I, you really hate if you're a Tar Heel fan coming into this game. Because Carolina has struggled against Georgia Tech the last few years. And then on top of that, now you have to find a way to recover from what is the most you know, the most difficult loss that you've probably ever had to bounce back from. Uh, because it's the worst loss that we can rem- that that we think we've seen in program history. I know, you know, there are a couple other games that come to mind. One of them, including last year's game against Georgia Tech, but now you got to do it against a team that has won the last two against you, um, including absolutely destroying you the last time that you played down in Atlanta. Now, granted, that game was in the Georgia Dome. It was technically a neutral site game. Uh, This game will be in Bobby Dodd Stadium, their normal home stadium. But Bobby Dodd, not a place Carolina's had a lot of success in. Ten of the last 12 trips to Atlanta, uh, Carolina has lost. So a lot going against Carolina in this game, including Brent Key, the head coach of the Yellow Jackets. Uh, He is Three and five in games against unranked ACC teams uh, since he has taken over as head coach. He is three and zero oh against ranked ACC teams since taking over. So he he it's not every team that he seems to be prepared for in the ACC, but all of the teams uh, that have a number next to their name, he seems to be ready for. So a lot on the plate of the Tar Heels uh, coming into this game. But they have to find a way to uh, navigate all of that and pick up a win to turn their season back in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, look, right now it's um, it's a one game at a, at a time. And, and for me as a fan, they're back in prove-it-to-me mode because when you lose at home to one in five Virginia, um, whether it's fair to say it, it, it washes away all of what you did the, the first two months of the year, that's pretty much what it did. Um, because we kind of looked around the first six games anyway and thought, and you didn't really beat any any great teams to begin with. South Carolina, two and five, they're not going to a bowl game. Um, you know, you had to go to overtime against a not-so-great App State team. You know, Pittsburgh has been up and down. They've beaten Louisville at a time we thought was going to be a big win to help maybe get you a clearer path to the ACC title game given Louisville's, you know, schedule. Then they go and get blitzed by a Virginia Tech team. And so that's where I am, is that, you know, they've got to get back in prove-it-to-me mode and kind of just forget all the goals and expectations because um, right now that stuff's out of their control unless they win. Um, The biggest thing they got to be able to do is not make one loss become two, two losses become three, and not allow a repeat of last year have happened. Um, you know, the mantra of this whole offseason was going from good to great. 
I think last weekend was a great example that they've still got some work to get it to do if they want to become a great team. But, you know, the really great teams, and even the really, really good teams, they bounce back from, you know, embarrassing losses. And that's going to be the task, and that's going to be the challenge for Mac Brown and the staff is to get their team ready to play and, uh, and, and against an opponent that's going to be pretty confident they can beat you for a third straight year. Yeah, look, everything is not gone in terms of your goals to make it back to Charlotte, but all the momentum that you built program-wise in those first six games is pretty much gone. So now you've got to sort of reset because, yeah, if you lose this game, you're you're probably sitting there as a Tar Heel fan and, and, and probably inside of that program saying, here we go again. This is going to be the same thing that's going to happen to us two straight years. Um, and I, I mean, again, I, I mean, there's we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But I mean, I think there's there's more than even just this season that's on the line on Saturday against the Yellow Jackets. Now, when you look at this Georgia Tech team, you know, it's it's somewhat similar to a year ago. Um, but I think especially offensively, it's a much better group than the team you faced last year. Teams three and four overall. Uh, two and two in conference play. They are really one of the weirdest teams that you will see right now uh, in the sport. Speaking of, you know, Car- Carolina's had their ups and downs. Well, Georgia Tech, I mean, good God almighty, this team is just one of the weirdest teams we've seen in a long time. Um, they beat Miami, just like Carolina did. Significant win for them. Um, actually beat them on the road down there in, you know, a, a pretty crazy game. Miami basically had to hand them the game, but still they won it. But in the meantime, they have lost games to Bowling Green. And then last week uh, they got absolutely destroyed by Boston College at home. And don't get it wrong, Boston College has been playing better. But to get beat down as bad as they did at home, uh, really just does not make a whole lot of sense at all. Offensively, though, as I mentioned, better team than a year ago, 29.7 points per game, 434.1 yards of total offense per game, 265.0 through the air, 169.1 on the ground. Haynes King, uh, really strong first year with the team uh, so far. Uh, they've used his arm a lot, but also used his legs. Uh, he is the leading rusher amongst quarterbacks in the conference so far this year. 61 carries, 372 uh, yards, three touchdowns. Not a great sign for a Carolina team that couldn't stop a dude in Tony Musket, who had negative rushing yards on the season coming into last week. Uh, also through the air, been very effective, although he has turned the ball over a lot. Uh, he's thrown for 1,835 yards so far this season while completing 59.6% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions, though. So uh, definitely a guy that has been loose at times with the football. Carolina will hope to exploit that. You look at the rest of the running game for uh, Georgia Tech. They've got two really strong backs that they'll uh, sort of mix uh, throughout the game. It'll be Jamal Haynes who will take the uh, majority of the snaps or at least, uh, you know, probably about 60% of the carries. And then uh, Travion Cooley, the transfer from Louisville, uh, is the other guy that mixes in in that backfield. Uh, Both of those guys so far this year, over 250 yards rushing. So Carolina has to be prepared for that. You look at the wide receiver group for uh, Georgia Tech this year. 
really balanced group. And this is the thing that's a little bit scary about them. You know, last week it was really one guy that killed Carolina. Um, and that was, you know, something that going back, maybe Carolina is able to find a way to take away. Although Malik Washington is having a great season for uh, Virginia. This is a group, four different wide receivers that are already over 240 yards receiving so far this year. So there are a bunch of different guys that Carolina is going to have to find a way to try to slow down in this game. Uh, you look at their offensive line. This is probably the best offensive line that Carolina has faced the entire season if you just look at it statistically. Uh, so far this year, they've allowed just 36 tackles for loss um, and seven sacks the entire year. So a really productive group. That's something that is completely different from the previous years, and it's a big reason why their offense is as good as it is. You move over to the defensive side of the ball, this is where this team struggles a little bit. 30.3 points per game, 452.7 yards allowed so far this season per game, 225 passing yards allowed, 227.7 rushing yards allowed. One of the worst teams in the entire country. Uh, the defensive backfield, clearly the strength. Two corners that are having really strong years in Keenan Johnson and K.J. Wallace lead the group. The defensive front uh, has you know, had a lot of production stat-wise, but isn't really getting the uh, push, especially on the interior, on rundowns. And linebackers, uh, they have struggled so far this year, especially a guy that has been starting for them at their money position, which is their second linebacker spot in uh, Trenelius Tatum. Uh, but still, it's a group that Carolina can attack, but they're, you know, that was a group last week that Carolina could attack, and they simply weren't able to do it. Tar Heel storylines heading into this game. I think the first one is how do the Tar Heels handle their first loss of the season? You know, they, they did a good job of handling the prosperity for the most part through the first six games of the year, and then last week they failed to do it. Now they've got a handle coming off their first loss of the season. Everybody's saying, look, this team is really not that good. This team is going to repeat what they did a year ago. So now, you know, what, what is the mindset around this Tar Heel football team? Are they motivated by everything that's happened to them here over the past week? Or is this a group that's going to be downtrodden coming off that first loss of the season? I think that's going to be something that we'll probably know pretty quick with this team and hopefully – uh, it, it's the uh, it, it's the first and not the latter of those scenarios that I just laid out. To be fair, it's or to be honest, it's just to be determined. I mean, Mac Brown said in the post game, there's guys in the locker room that care, and there are guys that don't care. Um, and that's that's why last week happened because some guys just simply didn't care. Um, and you allowed your team to to lose a game at home that you shouldn't lose. And so this is where the leadership of Drake May, Power Eccles, um, Cedric Gray, like those guys got to be it, it's 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 got to be prevalent. It's got to be something that's that's visible. Um and same with the coaching staff. I, I I thought the biggest issue last week was there was just never a sense of urgency on the football field from the coaching staff and that permeated throughout the players. Well you got beat. And now you've got to have a sense of urgency the rest of the way if you want to at least get back to an ACC championship game. And so um, I think you're right. I think we'll know probably by the tone of the first drive about the offense and the defense. 
if this defense, you know, granted Georgia Tech's offense way better than Virginia's. They 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 can put up points, they can put up yards. But if they move the ball as easily down the field as Virginia did to start the game last week, we might know what type of game it's going to be. And on the flip side, on the offensive side, this is a defense that struggled for the for the for the Jackets, where Carolina should be able to put up kind of points and yards at will if you got the right mindset going in. And so um, I think I think we'll know either way in the middle part of the first quarter if this team's ready to go or if this team is is going is dealing with a hangover from last week's disappointment. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, it, th- those comments from Mac Brown were very interesting after the game. Um, well, it, it's it's troubling. It's I don't it's, I don't know. See, I I don't remember if it was care. I think what it is is that guys simply just thought it was going to be an easy game. There were guys that were on the roster, and you really wonder. I mean, if if there were guys that were there last year, it's unforgivable. Like, come on. You, you were there last year. You remember the Georgia Tech game. There's no excuse. For guys that were not there a year ago, it's still very concerning because it's like, how do you – I mean, you're, you're undefeated. Like, you should be able to get up for every single game, and they simply weren't able to do that. This one is one of those ones where, yeah, it's not a rivalry, but Georgia Tech, this game means something to Georgia Tech. It has for the last two years. And their history against you – is something that you have to take into account. This Toriel team, I, I'm going to – I mean, look, there are games coming up later on in the season that you would expect them to be very motivated for. It With Duke, NC State, you would hope that they're more motivated for those games than just about any game on the schedule. There should not be any game the rest of the season that they are more motivated for than this game because you just got beat by a team that – it's just complete garbage. And I mean, now, honestly, if, if you lose this game, you could just, I mean, this, this whole season could just be flushed down the toilet. Yep. Like there is a chance you could go seven and five, maybe even six and six. If you're really just not that prepared for, for Campbell, like it could get really, really bad. So this game, there should be motivation to shut everybody up. And to show that last week was just a complete F up. And that now you have completely changed your mindset around the team. Because if if you come out, especially if you're if you come out and start the game slow and look lethargic, man, there, there's there's gonna be so many questions about the guys on this roster and about the coaching staff. So there's motivation from both sides. I mentioned the struggles that Carolina has against Georgia Tech. And that's another huge thing that I think everybody's going to be watching in this game. You know, it's not just the struggles here recently against them, but I mean, 10 of the last 12 times you've gone to Atlanta, you've lost to this, this program. And I get it, man. There were times where this program was really as good as it got. It was them and Virginia Tech in the ACC Coastal year in and year out battling. But in recent years, Carolina still hasn't had a ton of success against them, despite them trying to navigate a not only coaching change and multiple ones at that, but a complete culture shift from using the triple option of Paul Johnson to moving in the direction of trying to become a more modern offense. And Carolina still hasn't really been able to figure this team out. 
Carolina's got to be able to get over that hump. We've talked about them getting over so many humps this year. And yeah, last week was one that they needed to get over. They didn't. This is one, though, that you can get back on track and get over another hump, which is finding a way to beat a Yellow Jackets program that has really just owned you for the better part of two decades. I mean, the two wins since in the last 12 appearances were the 2015 comeback where you were down 21 nothing. You come back and win that game. And then Sam Howell's freshman season, they went down there um, and, and, and beat a Jeff Collins team um, rather handedly. And, you know, the, the 21 game was a neutral site game, so it technically doesn't count, but you still traveled to Atlanta and got your ass kicked. And that's just kind of been the moral of the story. We get – we get on, you know, we get on a plane, we fly to Atlanta, we get beat, we come back home. Um, it was happened under Butch Davis, happened under Larry Fedora. Um, it hasn't technically happened so far under Mac Brown, but you lost a game basically within the city limits. And so um, this has been something that, you know, when you look at what really hindered some Carolina teams from making the ACC title games in years past, it was this game in this setting against some good but not great Georgia Tech teams. We're not, you know, this isn't a Georgia Tech team or a program that was going to the Orange Bowl twice in a five-year span that we were losing to. You're losing to a Georgia Tech program that was fighting to make a bowl game half the time. Um, this is a team that's three and four. So for them to make a bowl game, they're going to need a win like this to kind of, you know, give them some momentum as we get into the final month of the regular season. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it's one of the things that have really hovered over this program since Mac Brown left, and now he's back, and he'll be looking to answer that question once again. I think, honestly, when you look back at a lot of those games, it kind of goes into what we just talked about. Motivation in these games have not been there. Carolina has just not been ready to play Georgia Tech. It, it, I mean, it, it makes no sense, especially because for a while, I mean, I know this program, even in recent years, hasn't been great. But, I mean, especially, you know, early 2010s and late in the 2000s, Never got why Carolina could never get up for these games. It made no sense. And maybe it was just that Georgia Tech was was better than them. But, I mean, they, they always looked like they like, – like Georgia Tech wanted it more than them. And they were a really good football team. Yeah, they, you're, you're right. When you go back and look at some of the games that have kept them out, it's really games against them and games against Virginia Tech. Those are the two teams that Carolina has never really been able to solve in, in the past two decades on the road, especially. So they've got to find a way to bring, you know, a, 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 we talked about the motivation coming in, but this has to be one of those games where they say, look, I know we got to go down there. This, by the way, not a raucous environment by any stretch in Bobby Dodd Stadium. It is not, I'm, look, I'm not saying it's the easiest place to go play a game. But it's certainly not one of the toughest venues in all of college football to walk into. So, I mean, there's no excuse for Carolina not to be able to walk in here and come out with a victory. Now you go to the offensive side of the ball for Carolina. And we talked about the coaching when we were talking about Carolina's first loss of the season. And the guy that really you, you look at and are most critical of after the other night is Chip Lindsey. Um, his game plan the other night was just terrible. There's no way around it. And now you've got a team that looks very, very similar on the defensive side of the ball uh, to Virginia. Worse run defense than the group that you faced a, year, uh, a week ago. 
Um, and you wonder, you know, is Chip Lindsey up to the task? Did he really learn from last week's game against Virginia? Because Carolina sure as hell needs him to, or else this could be a really long night for the Tar Heels uh, in, in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to go back to prove it to me, Mo. Prove to me that you learned from your mistakes. Um, because your game plan to start the Miami game wasn't great. Um, you kind of just weathered the storm, got to halftime, made the adjustments. Uh, your game plan the other night, first half, second half, in between, never really made a whole lot of sense. Um, and you're going up against a team that can't stop the run. Um, and, you know, I know there's going to be the national media is going to want to see Drake May respond. Well, the best way to make him to see him respond is to run the ball so he can pick and throw, pick and choose when he wants to throw the football. Um, and so we're gonna have, we're gonna have to find out. I, I mean, there's no there's no excuse for Carolina not to. They should be able to move the ball at will and score virtually on every drive because Georgia Tech's defense uh, doesn't have a whole lot of resistance to offer. But I mean, until it happens, you know, I'm not gonna believe it because the game plans the last two games have been iffy outside of the you know outside of the offensive production. Yeah, look, he, to his credit, he adjusted against Miami and figured out, okay, maybe I should actually start running the ball with Amari and Hampton because they can't stop it. And in that game, the reason that I was willing to forgive him a little bit in that game was because Miami's run defense coming into that game was one of the best in the entire country. Last week, there was zero excuse. What, what were you going to say? You really thought a team that, 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 couldn't, that, that allowed 177 rushing yards a game was going to find a way to stop the run? And they didn't. They never did. And yet that was not your game plan at all. And he never adjusted. I I, I just, I, I still, to this day, do not understand what the hell he was thinking. Honestly, you need to forget that you have Drake May. Forget that he's on, for, forget that he is your quarterback. You need to run the game plan to what you see on film from Georgia Tech. Take what's there for you. Drake May is an elite quarterback. And yes, if you need drives late in the game, that's when you turn to him and rely on him and say, dude, go win me the game. Go make me some throws. That's that's when you use your elite quarterback like that. Other than that, it's just malpractice. And, and it's it, it's mishandling him when you choose not to use something that is his biggest asset. Look, man, Phil Longo, we have said it many times about him that he was stubborn. He wanted to use his quarterbacks because he knew that he had elite quarterbacks. I will give Phil Longo credit, though. In 2020, when he had a backfield that was one of the best in the ACC, he did a great job of saying, we have to run the football and utilize these running backs. You got that same thing again this year with Amari and Hampton. He leads the conference in rushing yards. He leads the conference in scrimmage yards. Give this guy the football and get your ass out of the way. Like, it really isn't that difficult. So, I, I'm with you. I, I need to see it from him because it's now back-to-back -back games that we've seen him come out of the gates, at least, not wanting to run the football and trying to force the passing game. Don't force it. It's going to be there at some point. If you run the ball that well, it is going to eventually be there, and you're going to have one-on-one -on -one coverage against your receivers. You have to find a way to get to that, though, and you got to do it by running the football. Move over to the defensive side of the ball. Look, I mean, you said, it, you know, coaching all around, and I agree, defensively, 
the the biggest thing coaching wise that you saw defensively a week ago, you had two illegal substitution penalties throughout the night. Unforgivable, cannot happen. But really, defensively, it was about the execution, especially in the front six. My question coming into this game for this Tar Heel defense is can you find a way to execute better in the front seven? I know that things weren't great in the secondary last week, but I do think a lot of that was just the game plan from Georgia Tech to try to get the ball out quick on those downs. And, hey, it worked in large part because you weren't great on first and second down as well. Um, But I, I really think the biggest issue that Carolina had last week where they were not winning up front, especially on rundowns, they have to be able to be better at doing that this week or else Carolina could be in for a shootout. Look, your best players can't be invisible, and that's what happened last week where, you know, Cayman Rucker's impact wasn't where it needed to be. Miles Murphy, um, you know, got bullied like a fourth grader uh, at the playground uh, at recess. Kevin so Hester he looks Jr. like he's looked basically the majority of the past two years, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Hester Jr., a guy that, you know, kind of does his job quietly, but when he doesn't do his job, gets exposed. Travis Shaw had nothing. Um, Des Evans has taken the last month off. It basically feels like, um, you know, all that's got to improve, you, you know, because when we, we when we talked about the, the defense looking better, giving up, you know, 22 is 23 points per game and, and really competing, you know, not giving up the, the, a ton of yardage. It was because the front four was doing its job because when they do its job, you got two great linebackers to, to make plays and you've got a secondary that's proven to be uh you know, opportunistic and make plays in the passing game. And when that doesn't happen, this defense is going to get torn apart. And, you know, you're probably going to expect to see a few more crossing routes across the field this week because Virginia dialed up a few of those. And you got to account for Haynes King's ability to run the football, something that Carolina has struggled with, you know, really historically. And the last since, even since Gene Chisipan became the defensive coordinator, you know, being able to take away the running game from the quarterback. And then so, um, it's, 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 it's going to be a challenge. Um, and maybe, you know, the first six games was just fool's gold because you weren't playing good offenses. The problem is, is you didn't play a good offense last week, gave up 31 points this week. You're playing an explosive offense. So we might need to be prepared for a big 12 type of game where it could be 49, 45 entering the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, you're not playing. I mean, South Carolina's passing game was was really, really good. Um, I mean, Miami came in; they were a really good offensive team. That, that that's the team where it makes you think to yourself: Is it really fools? Go- I mean, I know they threw for a lot of yards, but as you said, when we recapped that game, a lot of that was due to it got late. Carolina was just trying not to get beat over the top, even though they did. Um, I mean, look, this is a really good offense. There's no doubt about that. The thing that's just just mystifying to me, like you said, the mobile quarterback. And I get, look, they have not played great in the last few weeks. Honestly, the, the, the team, I mean, it's just terrible. Syracuse, when they came in against Carolina, though, I uh, Garrett Schrader with his legs was a problem. And Carolina found a way to take that away. Um, then you get into last week against the guy. And I don't know, look, maybe it was just that they did not expect Tony Musket to run. He really hadn't done much of that so far this year. And maybe that caught him off guard. This game, there is zero excuse. There is plenty of tape of Haynes King running the football. 
He's the leading rusher amongst quarterbacks in the conference. There is zero excuse for you not to be able to have a game plan for this dude heading in. And look, Carolina's got to win in the front four, that's for sure. I was very critical of the interior of this defensive line, um, really just as a whole, because I, I think it's not only in the run game, but they've also struggled uh, to get you know on, on passing downs, to get any sort of pressure on the quarterback. This, this edge rusher group, look, I, I love what they are doing pass rush-wise. I still think, you know, you, you even the other day against Virginia, you saw good moments from Kamen Rucker. You saw good moments from Bo Atkinson. Um, you know, Des Evans was not great, but you've seen moments in, in, in just about every other game where he's been able to get after the quarterback on passing downs. This group cannot contain the edge consistently it is just I mean they they did it for two, two for two weeks against Syracuse and against Miami they did not do it last week at all they've got to get back to being able to do that and it, it look if they if they don't win up front it, it's going to be it's going to be tough for Carolina in this game to not allow them to put up I mean 34 um, maybe even you know in in the 40s this this could be uh, what we're used to seeing Carolina do uh, the last couple of years, and I'm hoping that we don't have to get back to that. Last storyline in this game is one that we, we we sort of handed out a little bit earlier, but this game really determines the direction of the 2023 season. And so in turn, it, it, it really determines the direction of this program as a whole and probably the future of Mac Brown in Chapel Hill. If Carolina loses this game, this could be the beginning of the end for Mac Brown. Really could. Because this could, it's going to be hard to believe this team finds a way to stop the bleeding if they lose this game. Um, you look at the games that remain on their schedule. This is probably, believe it or not, with even with everything they have going against them, their easiest remaining ACC game. So Carolina needs this one badly to turn things back in the right direction and to avoid this becoming the tailspin that it was a year ago, uh, it, it's it's up to these guys. And look, that that's going to be pressure, but you have to deal with it. And it should also be a big part of that motivation factor that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're wrong to say, you know, Mac Brown 2.0 kind of hangs in the balance uh, in this game, because if you lose it, that's three straight losses to Georgia Tech. You're now six and two, you know, and the chances of you making the ACC title game at that rate are slim and none. And there's there's reason for you to be doubtful this team's going to win tomorrow night. Just because this team, when they lose, they've, they've had a really tough time responding. And some of the messaging coming out of the program this week um, has been kind of troubling. Um, but what you're hoping is, is that the coaching staff and the players learn from last year. Because you talked about it all all offseason you addressed it like it wasn't an elephant in the room you identified we lost four straight games that wasn't acceptable and you vowed not to let a type of loss bite you in the butt again well you know this doesn't redeem what happened last week the only way you can really forgive what happened last week is if you went out and won an acc championship um which is hard to it, right now it's hard to imagine so um you know i i, I think kind of like we said what we'll, we'll know from the beginning if we got a team that's invested, if they're dialed up and, and ready to go, or if this is a team that is going to let one loss become two and, and really derail their season. 
Yeah. Uh, so let's get into our keys to the game for this matchup with Georgia Tech. And sort of sticking with what we just talked about right there, the first key to the game is come out ready. Carolina, when they've gone on the road historically against Georgia Tech, they just don't look like a team that's been prepared. And this has been an issue at times under Mac Brown as well. But, you know, for the most part, Carolina looked ready for just about every single game that they played to begin this season. The one game that you would say before last weekend was probably App State. Um, so both or games the that, that you game. haven't come out ready. Which one? The Pittsburgh game you weren't ready to play because you got down. Was it 14-0? Uh, were they down 14 nothing or no? Well, they were down seven nothing, then they battled back and scored, and then they went down 14 seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've had that moment where, where, where they weren't ready to play. I mean, that one was also first road game of the season, so you really wondered if they, if that was just part of it. But this game, there's, there's zero, there's zero excuse. You've got to come out ready to go. Um, and look, does that mean that you have to jump out to a 14-21-0 lead? I mean, you don't have to, but you just have to look like you are ready to fight in this game because last week you didn't. Last week you looked like you thought it was going to be easy. And this is one, another one of those teams where guys could look and say, well, they lost to Bowling Green. And last week they, they got beat down at home against Boston College. So why shouldn't we be able to go in there and do that? Guess what? That's for us to say. People were saying that last week. Well, you got to blame the fans' mindset. Guess what? The fans can think that it's going to be an easy game. They're allowed to think that. Now, if you thought that last week, you don't really know the the history of Tar Heel football. <laughs> like, I, I, you, you should be a little bit more paranoid. Um, but I, I do think, you know, for, for the players, you got to take the correct mindset into this game and be ready to go for this Georgia Tech team. Because I'm going to tell you, that team on the other side is going to be motivated. As you said, this is a big game for them to be able to make it to a bowl game because their schedule gets really, really tough at the end of the season. This is really the start of their schedule ratcheting up. So, I mean, it's it's really going to be on not only the coaches to have them ready, you you got to put some of this on the players. They have to come into this game motivated and ready to go. And everything that we've talked about here so far today should be able to do that for you. This is a game that Carolina's got to they've they've got to punch first and they got to draw blood. Um, the, to me, this is a game where if you win the toss, go get the football and go put seven on the board. Um, set the tone immediately. Uh, and you know, look, do, do they need? It's asking a lot to build a 21-0 lead. But this feels like a game where Carolina's got to start fast and, and and make Georgia Tech play catch-up and make them play from behind. It's tricky to go to Bobby Dodd and play because it's kind of like when you go to Connie Foreman basketball and play. That much of an environment there. You've got to get yourself up to play. Um, it's because there's there's not there's not a crowd to feed off of that's going to be there booing you. Um, usually the Tar Heel faithful, you know, they travel pretty well to Atlanta, but even still, it's not going to be enough to, to, to make you want to get up and play. Um, you some A lot of this is going to be self-motivation. And frankly, if you're not self-motivated to play in this game, you, you, you probably need to check yourself as a competitor because you're coming off an embarrassing loss a week ago, and this is a program that's beat you back-to-back years. Um, and last year, you know, took away what was looking like to be a special season. And you go back to the 21 year, that was where it really just came off the rails because Carolina was 2-1 and one in that game, 
We thought they had, you know, got all, you know, got back on on solid footing. You win that game, you're three and one. That year probably plays out a little bit differently. That doesn't happen. So, mm-hmm. to me, this is a game where Carolina's got they they've they've got to be the aggressor right away. Not allow what happened last week to happen because if you allow Georgia Tech to punch first and hang around in the game, that belief in them is not going to go away. And as you've learned the hard way, they're a hard team to put away. Second key to the game is uh, run the damn ball. Like, there's just no other way to say it. You got to be that harsh because apparently this staff just cannot figure out that the strength of this offense is running the football. I get it. You've got Drake May. You've got a really good future NFL receiver in Tez Walker. But those guys are still going to get their yards. In this game against a run defense that is one of the worst in all of college football, you should run the ball from the word go until they can stop it. And I mean it. Look, I want this team to become Army in this game. Run the football. And, I mean, if if you don't pass the ball but six times in this game, I wouldn't even care. I want to see this team just absolutely kick this Georgia Tech team's ass up front and run the ball down their throats because every other team that's played them has done it. So there is no excuse for you not being able to do it. One of the things that hurt them last week against Boston College was that you had a guy in Tom Castellanos who was mobile, could use his legs. Don't know if if, if you saw what happened on the first drive of the second half against Virginia Tech. Apparently Chip Lindsey didn't. They ran Drake May. And what was he able to do? Scored a touchdown and was a big part of why Carolina was able to move the ball on the ground at that drive. He's capable of running the football. I know you don't want to do it often, and it shouldn't be a part of your game plan probably, you know, in in a couple of weeks against Duke. But in this game, against a team that can't stop the run to save their life, use him a little bit too. But whatever you do, you better run the damn ball or else my foot will go through the television. What's the point in building the type of running back depth you've built if you're not going to utilize it? This should be a game that Amari and Hampton touches the ball minimum 25 times, or we should see British Brooks because he's given Amari and Hampton a chance to catch his breath. And this, when I talk about the messaging, and Matt Brown said after the game, our motto was run the football. Well, yet your running back who had five rushes for 32 yards in the second half only touched the ball five times. And this is where the, the Mac Brown's inability to be the type of coach he needs to be has cost Carolina the game because – you don't specialize on one side of the ball. You're a CEO. You're an overseer. You should have been willing to get in your uh, coordinator's ear and tell him run the football because you're sitting there watching him run for seven yards. I'm not no mathematician, but seven yards is, is, is a pretty good run play. So this should be a game where Carolina minimum runs the ball 40 times as a team. Um, and this should be a game where they should – they should be able to rush for 175, 200 yards, no problem up front because they should be able to move guys. And so, um, you, you know, this should be something where Carolina should run the ball to set up the run. They shouldn't run to set up the pass. They shouldn't pass to set up the run. No, you run to set up the run, to run, to run. It's like, it's like when I watch Carolina basketball when I say run. Tomorrow night, run. You get second and one, run. I don't care if it's second and 27, run the football. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, but my thing, the biggest thing, you need to run it on first down. 
at the least. You, you, you ran 21 pass plays out of the 36 first down plays you called last week. How's that possible? This game needs to be a completely different mindset. Last key to the game, got to win up front on defense. Yeah, you've got to do it on offense, but I'm confident that with the struggles that Georgia Tech has had, Carolina should be able to do that up front in this game. Defensively, it's just it's a non-negotiable. And it, and it really starts with that with with the guys in that front four. They they've got to be better than they were a week ago. And they've got to find a way to be able to win their one-on-one matchups and slow down this running game. I mean, look, they've been able to get after the quarterback for the most part throughout the year. I, I've I've been I've been pretty happy with what I've seen from them pass rush wise. But if they can't win in the run game, none of that's going to matter. You you need your edge rushers to find a way to seal the edge better. And look, if that means that you have to take certain guys off the field at times to find guys that can hold that edge better, then you got to do what you got to do. Their depth there got hurt a little bit this week with Jacoby Cowan being out for the season, but it's there's still no excuse. You should still have uh, you know, guys up there that that can handle sealing the edge, and you've got to find a way to slow it down because you can't keep putting everything on Cedric Gray and Power Eccles. They did that last week. It looked a lot like what you saw last year, and that's why they allowed as many yards as they did. Yeah, those those guys are great. But guess what? Look at where they're playing off the ball. If running backs are getting to that level and quarterbacks are getting to that level, they're picking up at least five yards typically a pop. You have to be able to win up front. And it's just about bringing, frankly, it's just about bringing your jock strap, especially for those interior guys. Miles Murphy, you can't be disappearing, man. You need to be the guy that we saw the previous two weeks and you need to be that guy every single week. Because if you're not, then this group's going to struggle. So, in order for Carolina to win this game and to, and and to prevent Georgia Tech from turning in, this in to a game where they score in the you know high thirties mid forties, Carolina's got to be able to win up front. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you said it before I I said it. it this is a pride game. This is all about how much do you give a damn? Are you going to let another team push you around, or are you gonna are you gonna are you going to stand up to the challenge um, and be ready to respond? Um, and, and and are the guys that need to step up? Are they going to step up? And if not, I would rather I'd rather us go down trying to find other dudes that are going to give it or that are going to try to help us than watching the same dudes get bullied, you know, for a second straight week. Um, I thought the staff, for the most part, done a good job rotating dudes up front. It's easy to rotate dudes when you're winning games and you're you're holding double digit leads. There wasn't a whole lot of defensive rotation up front last week, given the lack of production you were getting from dudes. If that's the same case this week, put some other guys out there. See what else they got because, um, you know, as good as Georgia Tech is, as explosive as they are, and I know their their their, their offensive line numbers aren't bad, you've still got dudes that, that, that should be able to overwhelm them. You pushed around an SEC offensive line, for God's sake. Like, you've, you've done it against SEC-level talent. Um, and you know, we said then that maybe the worst thing they did was put that type of effort on, on tape. Cause now we can hold them to that standard. I'm not asking for that type of performance, but I'm asking for that type of effort because it leads to that type of performance. So, um, hopefully, you know, the guys came in Rooker, Des Esmonds, Des Evans, they lead the charge and the other guys that we need 
to follow suit. They follow suit, and then and they play much better than they did the week before. All right, it's time for predictions. What do you see happening tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ACC Network down in Atlanta? I got to stick with what I said on the Wesson Walker show on WFNZ earlier today. I think Georgia Tech wins. Um, this game uh, is one that um, Carolina struggles to get up for. Uh, it's equally it's, – it's, it's important to Carolina, but it's, equal to, it's equally as important to Georgia Tech. And I just don't know if the mindset is where it needs to be entering the game. I didn't like Mac Brown's messaging on Monday saying a lot of teams around the country lost this week. If we made three or four plays, you know, it's a different result. Mac, you lost at home to one in five Virginia. It's okay to, to be a little ornery with your football team. Maybe because you weren't ornery, that type of result happened. And, um, you know, we know the struggles of going to, to, to Atlanta have been. Um, so I, I kind of expect that to continue. And so I think Carolina – uh, drops their second straight game um, as I think they'll lose 28-24. It took me till what, week eight to pick against the Tar Heels. So that's improvement because usually by now I've picked at least one loss or two. Yeah, although the one thing is, is that if you're picking that, that means that uh, Carolina won't win a game probably the rest of the season outside of Campbell. Um, I... I... I mean, I've got I, th- this one's a tough one, man. I, I will say this: I don't think there is any way that Carolina wins this game by double digits. There is no chance. This is going to be a game that comes down to the end. Um, it, it's going to be a nerve a nerve racker. I I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina that they learned from last year, just because. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's literally me just hoping that they learn from last year. Um, but I think that, the, you, look, you've got guys that are, have been on this team for years now, that have been through this, um, you know, that were there last year. And, and I mean, damn it, have some pride and find a way to be ready for this game um, and, and, and find a way to beat a team that has, for some reason, owned you the last two years. Um, I, I think, you know, hopefully Chip Lindsey has learned, and I think for the most part he will have learned from last week, um, and if not, Mac Brown better get in his damn ear and tell him to run the ball. Um, but th- this is a run defense for Georgia Tech that is just horrible. Um, I think Carolina should be able to exploit it. I think that's a big part of the reason why uh, they'll possibly, you know, they'll they'll be able to get out to a fast start because it's easier to get out to a fast start against a team that can't stop the run than against a team that can't stop you through the air. So I think Carolina. Gets off to a, a pretty quick start, um, but I do think it is going to be a shootout. I think Georgia Tech's offense is going to put up a lot of yards, especially on the ground. I just don't trust this run defense right now, um, and that was something that was there earlier in the year and that Carolina was able to navigate, but I don't know if they're able to navigate it in this one. I think this is going to be an extremely close game. It comes down to the end. I think Carolina probably has to score a late touchdown to be able to win the game. I have Carolina winning at 35-31 over Georgia Tech to pull out a big victory that hopefully will then allow them to gain a little bit of confidence and turn this season back in the right direction. Regardless of what happens, we'll have you covered over on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We'll have the recap of the game that will go up on Sunday, uh, so you guys can make sure to check that out. We'll have the stock report that will go up, which will tell you who's trending up, who's trending down out of the game. 
And then uh, we will have an injury report, of course, and Mac Brown talks to the media on Monday. We've been doing those throughout the year as well to update you on which guys uh, will be monitored throughout the week, which guys are potentially done for the season, like you saw with Jacoby Cowan this past week. Uh, so make sure that you guys are keeping a, an eye on the website for all of that. Of course, there is some recruiting news that will be sprinkled in between that as well. Um, so all of that stuff on the football side of things will be there. And then you got the stuff on the basketball side of things that are going to be rolling out. Carolina just offered the top player in the 2025 class. And uh, that might be about it for recruiting, at least for a little bit here as Carolina gets ready to jump in season. They have their exhibition here uh, just after we finish this edition of the podcast uh, here, actually in about 10 minutes. You guys can check that out uh, on ACC Network Extra. Uh, so just go to the Watch ESPN app. You should be able to scroll and eventually find it. Um, Carolina playing St. Augustine's, what is it? St. Augustine's university or is it St. Augustine's college? It's something, it, it's some weird, uh, specific way that you have to pronounce it. Um, but Carolina will be uh, getting ready for that matchup here. Uh, and as they hope to, uh, show you what they're going to bring to the table this year, a squad that, uh, we have some expectations for this year. Now, after what, uh, we've seen this off season, the ACC media does as well. Um, but uh, regardless of what happens throughout the basketball season, Josh will have you covered on the website. And, of course, me and him will have you covered and ready to go on the podcast side of things, Four Corners Podcast. Uh, we'll do some video editions just like we do here on the Heels Up Blog Podcast. And then you can also check out uh, all of the editions of the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast along with this great podcast. Uh, places like Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those great places you will be able to find this podcast. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Josh for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, go Tories!